0: Everybody, and thanks for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. You know, you're in for a treat when you hear that sound um, because it means that it's Monday night. We are getting together. We're playing in the nightly home game. We're stealing each other's chips. And just like every week, we're going to take a post from the Rec.poker forums and talk about it here on the air. So if you don't know what Rec Poker is, it's a free uh, community of poker lovers, folks that are learning the game and want to share their love with each other, who want to learn together, study together, share resources. And uh, be that support, be that rail uh, while you're out there winning. It helps having people in your corner cheering you on. So that's what Poker is all about. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game. If you want to learn more about me, uh, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, and you can learn about me and all the rest of the Wrecking Crew, the village of Poker wizards that come together uh, every week to make all this magic happen. So wizards, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can reach you? I'm John Somsky, and I am Poker Geek MN Everywhere.
1: I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman 50 Everywhere.
2: I'm Tim Fritz, and I'm Miss Click Donkey Everywhere.
0: And I have to also thank uh, website AMP and the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, uh, without whom we would not be able to make any of this happen. So thank you to them for all their support. And uh, to you, listener, if you feel like helping us out, you can go to rec.poker support and find ways to do that there either for free or with a couple of bucks a month. Um, But the best way to do it is by signing up for premium membership. All it costs is five bucks for your first month with the code recpoker. And you can unlock all sorts of amazing training videos, strategy sessions, community events, access to pros, uh, games, fun, learning, community. We do it all here and we do it with a smile. So come and join. Now, let's talk poker game. So this is a hand that we're looking at from the poker forums. This is from uh, Monkey System, Keith Brandt, who's a member of our wrecking crew who hosts a monthly study group, a study session based on advanced poker training and some of the other materials that he works with off the felt. Um, He is curious about whether this is a cooler or just a bad call. So I'll sort of uh, get us into the hand of it here and then I'll throw to the panel to talk about what they think is best. This is um, a eight max tournament. We're in the top 10% on the leaderboard in the last level of re-entry. We're starting with 63 big blinds uh, and we have the table covered, but there are a few players that can threaten our stack. And we are pre-flop dealt the king of diamonds nine of diamonds in the big blind and middle position raises to two big blinds the cutoff calls and we defend Uh, so we get three handed to the flop the flop comes pretty good for us king of spades king of hearts six of spades we've got the king nine of diamonds so we've got trips to the nine and the post sort of takes on what what happens after this so Uh, We're going to be checking here a lot, and we do middle position, the original Razor. They check as well, and then we get a small bet uh, from the cutoff, who should be betting at a pretty high frequency here when it goes check-check to them. And then it's back to monkey system, and Keith has to make a decision about how to proceed. So without poisoning anyone's minds about what happens next, um, what are you guys thinking about when you get into this spot, and what should Keith be considering um when he's facing this kind of decision or what have you guys uh felt in a spot similar to this where you know you're sitting there with trips you got a pretty good kicker um are you typically feeling like comfortable in this position
2: oh yeah this is a great spot to be in i mean (laughs) really because your your hand is kind of camouflaged a little bit um you know, like, yes, you could have a king, but you could also have, you're going to be flatting sixes. You're going to have some, a lot more sixes in your range than any of the other positions in the pot right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and especially paired boards. Um, it doesn't even have to be a face guard, but paired, paired boards, especially the last act. So the cutoff here, they're supposed to bet 100% of the time. They can shoot go. They're almost always just go small. Um, And a lot of times that just wins you the pot because if, you know, people are going to call if they're on the board or have, you know, some sort of draw or they're just going to fold. So you never, I don't, I don't think like there's any argument here for like, should we lead out? I think we just check and kind of let the action come to us, which is a. think just pretty standard.
0: Yeah. We don't, we don't tend to advocate for a lot of uh, leading the flop. Um, Typically that generally gets better played as a check and then expressing that through a check raise or a check call or something like that instead. So we get into this kind of um, interesting action because what ends up happening is it goes check, check, and then a small bet from the cutoff and uh, Keith uh check raises and let me just get sure of the sizing here so the down bed is to 1.84 big blinds and the hero raises to six and mp the original razor has 60 big blinds and the cutoff has 35 to start the hand so i guess it's the third the 35 big blind stack is the effective stack here so that sizing does kind of threaten them a little bit when they uh, check raise to six here. But then what's really scary is the middle position, the original razor who checked on the flop now raises all in and the cutoff player who made the small down bet folds and it's back to us. So what are we, what are we thinking here gang? <laughs> um, what, what kind of hands is our, is our villain going to do that? with? King, King six, two spades. So, they are they doing that with pocket sixes? Are they doing that with sure. another king? Um, sure, they could do it with uh, <laughs> yeah, they could do it with king six, they could do it with um, the spade draw. I think would be uh, would be I don't good know if they'd either. have
1: king six, uh, middle position. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah they're, the
0: good not, point. They're, they're not gonna
1: they're have the pre flop so they're probably good not point. gonna
0: have king six. Good point, good point.
1: They're gonna have any of the other kings, King Queen, Queen, King Jack, King Ten, Ace King. Um yep. even potentially a King Nine. The thing mm-hmm. with that is though we're blocking the King Nine, right?
0: And with our king, king all the other kings, right and all the it's other a, kings for that it matter. It would be the case king. Yeah, good point.
1: So it's yeah, it's you know, pocket aces. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that could be that could be a hand that um, he might check to see what the action was before he did anything. Although, you know, the fact that it's multi-way makes it difficult. Yeah. And he's now he's the middle position, so he's in between, you know, um Keith and the other the cutoff. Normally in that position, um you're gonna be the one that wants to see bet, right? Because you were the mm-hmm initial pre-flop aggressor. So the fact that he checked and then came over the top, it just, it screams strength of some sort.
0: Yeah. Me so, too. It feels like if he had a flush draw, that would actually be a pretty good flop to see bet that, that flush draw. Right. Uh, Cause he'd be looking to get some folds with it. So you actually, yeah, you've talked to me right around that whole flush draw thing.
1: I, well, It's a, it's a good, it's a good flop for, any right. opening range to see yes. yes and the fact that he doesn't is is really weird yeah tim
2: um i just want to make one argument for that where i think population will in a multi-way spot inevitably almost over check if they're not last act like they'll Mm -hmm, just they're mm -hmm. too used to like okay like i'm out of position i've got to check here and then face the action um i've just noticed like a lot of people they don't tend to like think oh like i'm i am my range is the strongest here i should be the one betting like a lot of people will just hit check and try to you know wait for the cutoff to bet or see what the cutoff does and then if say like the cutoff checks there and then we check again in the big blind, like you guarantee that that person would probably raise them at that point. It's just something I've kind of noticed. Mm. Um, population does now. It's definitely not like solver agreed. Solver would tell you like you're, you have the range advantage here bet. Um, so that's where it gets a little tricky because yeah, I mean, I would bet if I was middle position there.
0: Right. <laughs> right. So then, when he when he does shove, let's say let's say he could have the flush draw. Let's say he could have other kings. Let's say he could have pocket sixes. What other hands might he do this with? Because um, our check raise looks pretty strong. Like the the original c bet looks weak, or the original uh, flop bet looks weak because it's in position. Everyone's checked to him. It's a small bet um, that does look pretty weak. I think when we choose to check raise there that indicates some I mean you can cut off a lot of our range that just does not continue with the check raise. So are we doing that with some spades, some sixes and some kings and then you know what else are we check raising with there? It's not a very juicy board, right? It's not Yeah, it's you not. Can't, you can not necessarily up. something you that you
2: really like want to get Value from like you're, you're never getting value from anything when you check raise, mm-hmm. right? Um, in a sense, to where, like, I guess you could make an argument that he could be raising, Ace Six of Hearts. Mm-hmm. You know, pair backdoor. You've still got an Ace, but even that's like I kind of just want to call. I feel. <laughs>
0: But I like the way you're looking for those combos. That is the <coughs> kind of thing that you'd want to do it with, right? it's um, like Gareth James was saying in our study session on the weekends, like they're not making any more good hands. You gotta find something to fill out that betting frequency with. You gotta find some right. combos of hands. So you're just like, what are the hands that make some sense to do it? I kind of like your A6 hertz with the back door there. That's a good that's a good <coughs> one there. Um so if we if we didn't have A king. (laughs) This is just a clear fold for us with almost every other holding, right? Like, I guess if we don't have pocket sixes or a king ourselves, we can't call with a draw. Um, So I almost kind of wonder, like, what's our opponent? Value targeting here if they have a really strong hand. This is how I level myself in all these situations <laughs> because <laughs> it sort of looks more like a draw for our opponent when he picks that sizing, um, because there's only so many hands that we should be able to actually call with a second best hand for, right? If he actually has one of those one of those value hands, John, what does that make you think about? You unmuted, so sorry. It seems.
2: <laughs> ah,
0: I didn't even realize I unmuted.
2: Um- yeah i i don't know this this hand is is tough for me um because normally with this hand it's the type of thing where i'll lay in wait and just kind of check call the whole way down because it doesn't look like i have a king you know you have trips pretty strong hand uh and you don't want to chase away the value that you're going to get um, and the problem is, of course, you have the flush draw to worry about. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think I, I probably, I probably go broke here. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't, there's no way you're not going to go broke here. Right. I mean, what there's, there's, it's, your hand is just too strong and there's only what there's a ACE King, ACE Queen, ACE Jack. Ace 10 or King Ten, right, King Jack, King Queen, Ace King are the only hands that that really that you have to worry about, other than pocket sixes, um, are the only hands you really have to worry about. So I don't know how you don't go broke.
0: Yeah. And yeah. those are very unlikely, right? Like those kings are getting blocked everywhere from Sunday.
1: Yeah, t- and t- then
2: t- just to add more bluffs that they can have here after thinking about it more, because it wasn't a three bet pot. They could have ace-queen, ace-jack, ace-ten of spades.
0: hmm Mm-hmm.
2: And not saying everybody does it, but some people go nuts with flush draws like that. Yep. You know, thinking, okay, like, cutoff did his standard. I have to uh, bet here. Okay, big blind saying you don't have a king. Right. I'm going to raise you. Well, I have the nut flush draw, so I'm going to jam.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I get it. Yeah. But I still well, you yeah. go broke here. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so I think the long and, the long and short of it is all the humans on the panel say, "Don't worry, Keith, you were going broke." We can quibble over how the chips might have gotten in, but yeah, I think you were <laughs> destined to uh, destined to go broke there. Um, now, Tim, you used uh, the multi way aspect from DTO to take a look at this. That's kind of a new cool thing that's that's being developed. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so I actually uh, ran through the hand. Um, With the action, as it may, um, the way this played out was like 100% solver approved. Keith is supposed to raise here because he's actually at the weaker side of the King X. So he's supposed to raise all the other King X's he would have, like the bigger ones, he would be flatting or they would be three bet free. And the fact that he doesn't have a backdoor draw. Because he doesn't have hearts or spades, he has two diamonds. He has no backdoor draws, so that's where you can really start to. You want to kick it up because you have no backdoor equity. Um, but as soon as he kicks it up and the other guy jams, he's supposed to jam with all of his best queens and all of his draws.
0: His flush you mean draws. The the original razor, the MP player. Yep. Yep. Hmm.
2: yep. And then naturally the cutoff just has to get out of the way with basically everything. Well, but a King. Um, right. And then once it gets back to Keith, you just, your hand was 100% in the, in the call range. There's just nothing you can do. You're calling there. It, it was actually odd. It, it had you also calling some draws as well. Like hmm. some
0: flush draws. Hmm. Um. That I was, was I was wondering about that, that because, because it's such, there's just so few value hands available on that board that you kind of have to promote some of your higher equity hands, even though they don't have any right. showdown value um, yep. into that calling range, which is a really weird. And this is something we all have to work on better as recreational <laughs> players is visualizing our entire range in the decision point. And seeing if we need to continue with like 20% of our range, you'd be surprised how, how low that 20% can dip into hands that you would say yourself, Oh no, those are folding hands. Um, But if you fold them, you're over folding. And that'll be true for a lot of these high equity, low showdown hands like strong draws.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's always just about balance too. I mean, you you know, if you're only ever going to show up with the nuts, why would anybody ever raise you? You You've got to have that balance. Now, am I saying that if it got jammed to me, would I call like a queen high flush draw here? Right. Why not? Right. <laughs> I mean, no. And maybe that's a leak that I have well, to work but the, on.
0: But, but like we said in the in the show last week with um uh, with Troy, uh, you know, we're not. It depends on the opponents you're playing against. You know, if they're not if they're not shoving at that high enough frequency, then you can afford to tighten up a bit because they're not right. they're not actually getting in there with the hands that that queen high flush draw performs well against. So why they played a game tough game tough game we've all fallen in love with fellows that's right
2: (laughs) that's right
0: all right well i think we're all we're all going broke with keith on this one that's that's nice (laughs) um what else was there anything else about this hand that uh, people wanted to talk about or um was there anything about the way it went that maybe keith could take a note uh for later or anything like that i would say he takes a note himself in the forum post. And I really, I got to shout out. Um, so Keith Brandt, uh, Monkey Systems, Sir Gas Leak, uh, Eric Anderson, um, Eric Gin, uh, a few other people all contributed to the forum post here. There's another, Eric Anderson put a really nice post together with a screenshot. Um, out of, I'm not sure if this is a PO solver or uh, something he's got up there. He put this through a, a solver to find uh, find some info. And I know, Tim, you also submitted some info there about your uh, dto solver as well so i do encourage people to go check out the forum part, find all that cool information for yourself all right well then i guess uh, without further ado i'd like to thank uh, running aces hotel racetrack and casino and website amp uh dave and john for joining us in the chat and uh tim rob and john you guys kick butt really appreciate
1: having you here each and every week all right oh running aces hotel racetrack and casino website amp